Tonight I'll be preaching from the book of James chapter 5, James chapter 5, and tonight I'll be reading one verse, verse number 12, James chapter 5 and verse 12. The Bible says, but above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath. But let your yea be yea, and your nay, nay, lest ye fall into condemnation. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your love towards us. Thank you for your kindness, your tender mercies, and how you demonstrated that sacrificing your life on a rugged cross. May we never get over that demonstration of love and may it motivate us to serve you in good times and in bad times when it's easy and when it's not I pray dear Lord that you would continue to strengthen your people I pray dear Lord for your special touch and blessings and comfort we are needed of course we are limited but you have said in your word that when we are weak then we can be strong because we have tapped into and plugged into that supernatural strength that comes from you. I pray tonight that as your word goes forth, that you would use it in a special way to speak to each and every heart. And may self be hidden, Jesus Christ be seen. Take full control, have your divine way. Cleanse me of every, any sin and stir the hearts of every believer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. A man once said, if I had some extra money, I would give it to God, but I have just enough to support myself and my family. The same man said, if I had some extra time, I'd give it to God, and, but every minute is taken up with my job, my family, my clubs, and what have you, every single minute. The same man went on to say, if I had a talent, I would give it to God. But I have no lovely voice. I have no special skill. I've never been able to lead a group. I can't think cleverly or quickly the way I would like to. God was touched. And although it was unlike him, God gave that man money, time, and a glorious talent. Then he waited and waited and waited. And then after a while, he shrugged his shoulders and he took all those things right back from the man, the money, the time, and the glorious talent. After a while, the man sighed and said, if I only had some of that money back, I'd give it to God. If I only had some of that time, I'd give it to God. If I could only rediscover that glorious talent, I'll give it to God. God then said, oh, shut up. And the man told his friends, you know, I'm not sure I believe in that God anymore. Now, though this is clearly 
a fictitious story, it illustrates oftentimes the response to stewardship. Rather than focus on what we have, we at times tend to focus on what we don't. James addresses this matter of stewardship in James chapter 5. And we've been looking at the mindset, the proper mindset required to be a good steward. He begins this chapter, of course, with what I describe as the corruption of materialism. And to summarize, it it is a lack of satisfaction with what one has and a continuous craving for more and for more and for more. And while God does does not have a problem with us having things, he has a problem when the thing becomes the focus rather than him. We saw subsequently that James addresses in verses 7 down to verse 11, rather than having a mindset that is consumed with stuff and materialism, having a Christ-centered mindset. And the whole idea is to let Jesus Christ be the focus, to let him be the center of attention, let him be the thrust behind what we do and why we do it. And he points out that letting his return be at the forefront of our consciousness is so central to our motivation for what we do. You see, my friends, when we focus on the reality that Jesus is coming back, we will desire to have his approval when we give an account of our stewardship. But we get to verse number 12, and we see in a very interesting verse, and as I read this verse, I thought to myself, what is the connection of this verse to the matter of stewardship? I'll read that verse again, and I want you to think, what could it be? Why, could this, why would this verse be placed here as James is encouraging us to have a Christ-centered mindset regarding Stewardship, giving account of what God has entrusted to us. It says, but above all things, my brethren, swear not by, neither by heaven, neither by earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea, and your nay nay, lest ye fall into condemnation. And I believe what James is teaching us here on the inspiration of the Spirit of God, when it comes to this matter of stewardship, it is so vital that we have Clean motives. And tonight, very briefly, and I promise you I will be brief, I want you to give, I want to give, give you and highlight in this verse three things that will help us to ensure that we have clean motives. Three things that must be evident in our lives, in how we view God, how we view ourselves to help us to think right, to act right, and to do right. Now, notice, first of all, when we read this verse, there must be what I call a recognition. A recognition. What is that recognition? 
It is simply this, a recognition of who God is and who we are. The realization that we are not him. We are not on his level. He is not equal to us. And so that is why James admonishes us to, when it comes to understanding who God is, this recognition, he says, above all things, my brethren, swear not neither by heaven, neither by earth, neither by any other oath. You see, oftentimes, mankind is very cavalier, very nonchalant with his words. And by using these words in a particular way, what man is doing is bringing God down to his level. I want to help you understand how important it is that we have this proper recognition. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 5. And think of the fact that Satan used this distorted view to cause Eve to sin and to lead her husband to sin and to plunge the entire human race into sin. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 5. Look at the danger of not having the appropriate recognition of God and the proper perspective. The Bible says, verse number five, Satan speaking, mind you, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open and ye shall be as God's knowing good and evil. Here it is. He is interjecting uh, some kind of distorted view that somehow God is not who he said he is. And it is so vital to have the proper perspective of God in order to have the right motive. Why is this so important? Because if we don't have the proper perspective of God, here's what happens to us in our humanity. We naturally think of self first. It is our nature, our bent to think of self. But when we recognize God for who he is, and we realize who we are, here's what happens. When we have that proper recognition, it leads to the second thing to help us have clear motives and clean motives, that of reverence. Reverence. And that is the connection of this verse when it talks about swearing. Uh, don't use God's name uh, or substitute for his name casually and nonchalantly. Why? Because when we understand who God is, he's the God of the universe. He's the God of all gods, the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords. We would understand that doing so is simply disrespectful and irreverent to this great God. God expects us to reverence him. Do you know that even if a person is not saved, they can have reverence for God? And do you know that even if a person is saved, that person can be 
disrespectful and irreverent to God? Think of Cornelius. Look at Acts chapter 10. This is a very interesting passage and an instructive story to help us understand this matter of reverence and how God honors reverence and respect for him in our words, in our actions, and in our attitudes. Acts chapter 10 and verse number 1 and 2, the Bible says, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much arms to the people and prayed to God always. No, this is a man who we understand from this context of this passage did not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But was reverent, was respectful. And it helps us to understand the reason why this man responded that way because he had a respect for God. He understood who he was and who God was and gave God reverence even in ignorance of his lost condition. How does this connect back with James chapter 5 and verse 12? We are to not speak in dishonorable ways. In degrading ways. I mean, I'm amazed that I go from place to place and somebody would be speaking and swearing and saying all manner of evil and they turn around and they see me and they say, oh, pastor, sorry, sorry, sorry. I mean, it's one thing to be sorry because you feel like you are disrespectful in the pastor's presence, but we ought to have a greater respect and reverence for God himself. And so when it comes to clean and sincere motives, they are rooted and grounded in, first of all, having a proper recognition of who we are in relation to who God is. That recognition leads to reverence. And notice finally, that reverence leads to us simply being real. Look at what he says in the latter part of verse 12. He says, but let your yea be yea, and your nay, nay, lest ye fall into condemnation. What is James saying? Simply be real. Be transparent. Be honest. Be genuine. Avoid pretense. Why? Because God sees everything. I mean, it's amazing, uh, for, especially for those who know God personally, have a personal relationship with God, that we would tend to be pretentious to others when God sees everything. We ought to know that more than anybody else. I mean, who really are we fooling? Or who are we trying to fool? God knows the thoughts, the motives, the intents of the heart. It is all plain before him. 
Don't waste any of your time, not one further minute or nanosecond trying to fool the pastor. I am not that important. You cannot fool God. That's all that counts. I mean, and the reality is you will fool the pastor. I mean, yes, some of the time. Listen, you know the saying that says, listen, you will fool some of the people some of the time, but you will never, ever, ever fool all of the people all of the time. Eventually, people will figure you out. Some people. But at the end of the day, whether you fool all of the people some of the time or some of the people all of the time, listen, at the end of the day, the reality is that it boils down to the nitty-gritty. You cannot fool God, not even one time. And so when it comes to this matter of clean and sincere motives, let's understand who we are. Let's recognize who God is. That recognition leads to us being reverent to him. And you know what happens with reverence? It doesn't matter where we are. The things we see. The thoughts we engage in. I mean, even if a bad thought comes in your mind, don't let it find a resting place. Don't give it any extra food to grow. Don't let it take root and just be a fruit. Listen, you got to uproot it and dismiss it with the same speed it came. It's part of our human existence. When we have that reverent attitude towards God, it's going to help us be real. Let your ye be ye and your nay be nay. You know, just say what you feel. Listen, everybody's not going to like it. Somebody's going to be upset. But it is what it is. I'm not talking about being disrespectful to others. I'm talking about being sincere in what we say. Being insincere in what we feel. You know, and you know, you know. I mean, that's not what James addresses here. But you know what? That's how you resolve issues. That's how we have better relationships, and that's how we are able to be good stewards of our time, talent, and treasure, because we are focused on honoring and pleasing the one to whom we will give an account to. You think of this matter of stewardship and sometimes I shudder to think when I have to give an account, boy, how many times I'm going to have to just hold my head down. Because God does not have an an appellate court. He's the final judge. And so let's ensure that what we do here on earth, we make it count. And it counts when we have clean motives, sincere hearts, 
and sincere attitudes that understand who God is and who we are with a sincere desire to honor and to please Him.